It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, February 13th. LA Galaxy get shellacked in the uh, Coachella Valley Invitational in the desert. I was there. I can tell you what was going on and tell you why they probably really didn't get shellacked. We can talk about that at least. It'll be fun to talk about. Uh, Also want to talk a little bit about some of the rumors that are around there. You now have, what is it, like 13, 12 12 days until the LA Galaxy kickoff against LAFC. Talk to Greg Vanny about that, what he thought and saw coming up for basically what would be an incomplete team coming up against LAFC. We'll talk a little bit about that. Got videos, got all sorts of stuff from Coachella, and then a rumor about a right back and some other fun things. So that's what we have. I would love to tell you that Kevin Baxter was here, uh, but unfortunately he's not, so you guys are stuck with me uh, for the night. And I know this really should have been Kevin's victory lap um, after he wrote an article that um, actually you guys actually liked. Um, for, for once, um, I, I told him he should enjoy it while it, while it lasts. Um, but he wanted to come on here, but he is on airport duty right now. I believe he's picking up his wife from the airport. Um, and we all know how that is. If you have to drive to LAX, um, you know, it, it feels like you're, you, you have to, if you're married to somebody, you have to go to LAX. That's really the rule, right? If you're married to somebody, you have to go to LAX. If they ask you to, my wife actually was talking about taking a flight today. Um, and she was like, Hey, um, looks like there's no good flights out of orange County. So, uh, maybe I'll take go out of LAX. Can you drive me? And I was like, mm, borderline. Do you get divorced? Or do you drive people to LAX from orange County? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I haven't figured that out. I'll let you know how that one goes. Um, all jokes aside. Yes, I will drive her. Um, and then I will watch the child for, for three days by myself. That sounds dangerous too. Don't you think that maybe I shouldn't be allowed to watch a child all by myself for, for three or four days? That sounds, it sounds a little bit that way. Um, one thing I certainly wanted to talk about before we get too far along, uh, we did launch a, uh, COG 1000 shows t-shirt, right? To celebrate a thousand shows from 2009 to 2023, we wanted to go ahead and see if, uh, if maybe we could, uh, you know, get some of you to, to purchase the shirt and then support the channel by doing that. A lot of you here in our live chat, of course, you already do that with your super chats and everything, but, uh, it's a pretty cool shirt that sort of commemorates, you know, the, the 15th season now of corner of the galaxy as we start and a thousand shows. And I think we're on like a thousand ten maybe tonight is our, is our account. 
Um, and so as we go along, you know, it's kind of fun to, to look back and, and see that. Um, somebody said uh, in the Discord, it was cute. They're like, well, are you going to limit it to only a thousand shirts? And not if yes, I guess I will limit it to a thousand shirts. Um, if you go back in my history, I can actually see how many shirts I've sold over the entire course of of uh, Corner of the Galaxy. And it's like 500 and some shirts, which is great. But obviously that's over many years. Right. And uh, and you look at that. And so if we get if hey, if we're getting close to a thousand, I'll let you guys know. And then you'll have a limited edition of only a thousand were printed. And I'd love to to get to that. Uh, if, if we can get that $25 is the price point. Um, there's some, some tax on that. You order it through uh, bonfire who basically prints them and then sends them out. So I don't have them. We're basically running like a campaign for like the next mm, two and a half weeks or so. Um, and then as we eventually get to, uh, the end of that campaign, they will make the shirts. Um, the more you guys buy, the more, more money I make off of them because the price per shirt goes down. And so it ends up stacking up a little bit. It, as always, it helps us keep the lights on. It helps us do fun things. Um, you know, the upgrading of software, the upgrading of servers and all this other stuff. It is, it is really interesting. Um, you know, just to see how much you guys love and support the show. And I can't be more thankful than what, for what you do on a consistent and regular basis to us here at the show. Um, so if you're interested, thousand shows t-shirt is up. Will there be another t-shirt coming out soon? Maybe if you're on the discord, I've been kicking around some ideas. Um, so it might be something that you take a look at it for sure. Uh, by the way, a $5 super chat for Michael. Oh yeah, baby. I love the galaxy question. How badly, if at all, do you think the supporter group protest is affecting the ability to recruit players right now? I don't think it is right now. Um, we can talk about that a little bit for it, but I'll answer that question. And thank you for your very first super chat. We appreciate that. Hopefully one of many more. Um, always appreciate the questions. Um, I, I think um, I think there's going to be impacts. I just don't know that we're going to be able to see it. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about Coachella and, and sort of how that looked um, to see if maybe there was, you know, something going on um, at Coachella and and did that have any effect? So a lot of interesting things sort of going on. Um, as we said before, wanted to touch on it 12 days until the LA Galaxy kickoff against LAFC at the Rose Bowl. I will have some information or at least some talking uh, from Greg Vanny about that. I thought it was really interesting to hear what Greg Vanny had to say about, um, about that first game um, because I think it's going to open up some things to some people for sure. So uh, we'll get to that here in a little bit as well. All right. Um, let's see. What other things did we want to go over? Okay. We want to get make sure we, again, talk about the Rose Bowl coming up. Uh, the Galaxy pushing, pushing it really hard. This one is a, is an interesting ad. Um, Jovalich does, looks like he has no eyes, which is which is interesting. Ricky, Ricky Pouge looks like he's, he's angry. Um, you know, Chicharito, it, it, this was very much like, they're like, give us your angriest look, you know, the whole deal. And then you got, um, uh, Martine in the back and, 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 uh, Dayon in the back and they're holding roses and there's, Ooh, it's just, you know, the squad. It's sort of, I guess they were going for the, uh, <laughs> going for the movie poster here. I'm sure somebody would tell me which movie they are trying to copy in this particular one. I have no idea. Um, but anyway, yeah, it is, uh, it's coming on and they're pushing as hard as they possibly can for it, as you'd expect them to do. One of the other things that is that is sort of coming out um, as we get closer and closer, and not like it's anybody's surprise, we've seen the the kit that's going to be released. Everybody has seen it at this point by now, and if you haven't, then you've been keeping your eyes closed. Um, one of the things you can look at, uh, they started their teases, right? They got Kobe Jones. Kobe Jones, by the way, was out at Coachella saying hi to everybody. Um, interesting on Kobe, he came and uh, he was walking down the sideline 
Um, and, you know, he's walking up the sideline, coming up, and he goes and sits down on the bench right next to Greg Vanny uh, before the game had started. And they sat there and talked for, for a long while. So they were, they were chit-chatting back and forth and having a good time. I imagine those guys know each other well. Um, I imagine that they, they, they are friends. I have never asked them about each other, but obviously uh, former teammates, all that fun stuff. So you, there was, there was, there's got to be something there. So I imagine that that talk is probably a pretty fun talk to have. Um, but they've been dropping hints that basically you're looking at the Los Angeles flag. This is the second flag kit um, for the city of Los Angeles that I can remember. Um, you know, this one, I think with the base green, sort of throwing it back to that, to that teal color, um, is, is, is an interesting little take on stuff. And then obviously they're going to tie it in with the flag and, and the yellow and the red and the green and, and all sorts of fun stuff that are in there. But I mean, <laughs> I think somebody already said it in our chat room. They're like, if they're trying to hide the kit, like the hype is kind of gone, right? I mean, for, I think for the diehards, the hype is gone. All right. Um, because we've seen all these pictures. We know what the kit looks like, right? I was actually talking with somebody, uh, who works for the galaxy, um, and we were talking about the kit and, and just sort of stuff. And well, what do you think of the new kit? I'm like, I'm like, am I supposed to have seen it? And they're like, and they gave, they gave me a look. I'm like, yeah, yeah I've seen it, um, from all the pictures and stuff like that. And I'm saying, I, I said the same thing. I go, it's always the same. Let me see it in person and then I will like it. And, uh, this person was like, you will see it and you will like it. It is sharp in person. Um, and you know, sometimes they're not as excited about things. And let's take this moment to just take a deep breath from everything as we're going and stop for a second and say, there are some really, really good people who work for the LA Galaxy. There is a lot of stuff that's going on that happened well above their heads. I mean, even go to the communications department. I know we have our issues sometimes. I would love for them to tell me everything. It's not their job to tell me everything. Um, but they try. They try really hard um, to make things right. And sometimes I think they don't have the information. That's a personal opinion on my part. I don't know if that's true. Just guessing. Sometimes I don't think they have the information to give us. Um, so, but, but talking about like through the different levels, there are some great people. There's some people who love the LA galaxy or working for the LA galaxy. I mean, you can go to the tops where like you look for somebody like Kobe Jones who worked for the galaxy for so long, who loved the LA galaxy, Joe Totino, you know, people who work for the LA galaxy who love it. Michael Araujo who loved the LA galaxy. All right. Don't fault those people. I think during this time decisions well above their pay grade have been made and been lost. And, and that's the culmination of all this. And there's, there's lots of people who are going to have to take the brunt of all of your frustrations. And quite honestly, I mean, you know, the communications department has to take the brunt of my frustrations sometimes too. Um, that's part of a, I think a healthy relationship sometimes is to push back and forth. Um, so, Again, I just keep that in mind. This isn't a, a pro galaxy talk and nobody put me up to this. It's just I was talking to people in and around the club um, and it's just you realize how many good people there are um, and people who've been there for a long time or short time or, or anything like that. There are some really good people there. I got to talk a little bit to Robert Mora, um, who is just such a, a a guardian really of the LA Galaxy brand. Imagine all the pictures that you see and all the stuff and the influence that Robert Mora has had on how people view the LA Galaxy through pictures, through photos. Um, Robert's top class individual, top class, like absolutely the top. He's taking pictures for me. Uh, anytime I want a picture, he prints it out, even though I offer to pay for it. Um, so he does, he does a lot of stuff. Um, just amazing. So I got to say hi to Robert. That was scary. 
another person I got to say hi to who's on the coaching staff, Kevin Hartman. It was at halftime and we were standing at the end boards. There are a couple of reporters standing at the end boards. Uh, Mike Gray was there. Alex Ruiz was there. We were standing there just talking and Kevin's over there and, and, I, and I waved to him and he came over and stopped to talk to us. Uh, it was a real fun conversation too. He said, he said, how are you? I'm like, I'm good. I go, how are you doing? He goes, good. He goes, how are the boys? And he's like, you know, he goes, and this was after the first half. He goes, I thought, he goes, I can't believe we didn't score. And I'm like, yeah, I can see that. I go, but overall, how's everything? He goes, he goes, good. He goes, you know, he goes, it's not too bad whenever you consider that we have money to spend. Um, and, and yeah, that's probably a party line. Uh, but Kevin, Kevin does not BS, right? He may give you a little bit of a rainbow version of things sometimes, but in my, all my opinions, Kevin is straight shooter. Uh, whatever it is, Kevin Hartman knows. And so he's like, he's feeling optimistic. And I believe him. I believe he feels optimistic. I believe Greg Vanny feels optimistic, even though you're going to hear things that are sort of like, well, you know, some of the stuff should be solved. Maybe it should, maybe it shouldn't. Right. Um, and so um, it's just another thing to, to keep in mind that there are good people in good positions throughout the LA Galaxy organization, no matter how you feel about it. So be nice to those people. Uh, whenever you find them, because as you know, if you any of you have been a season ticket member for any period of time, I'm sure you lost your your ticket rep, right? I'm sure that you didn't get a chance to like you you liked one and then they left, and that happens all the time. There's not a lot of money in that. A lot of these people do this, you know, really for um for the love of it to be in sports, right, and to doing these things. So. Uh, if that's a love letter to all of the people in the LA Galaxy and they want to take it that way, then that's that's the thing. But just remember to be nice to them. Be nice to to, to as many people as you can because as much stress uh, that the Galaxy are causing you, I feel like the that you're causing them stress too. I'm sure I caused the communications department stress. Um, not intentionally, um, but we're demanding answers for things or we want answers for things and they don't always either have the information or want to share the information with us. That's fine. That's a game. The whole deal. Um, so just remember that. Be nice to everybody. All right. All right. I think we're good. Um, that was just a sort of an aside. Again, I wanted to get it. Um, just a reminder, Thursday coming up uh, is that Jersey unveil at the Million Dollar Theater. Uh, Thursday at 6 p.m. is whenever the doors open. I am undecided. I don't know yet. I was talking to my wife before I came up here and I said, hey, I might go do this thing. And she was like, OK. So, you know, she's sort of like she knows maybe she's like, maybe he will. Maybe he won't. It'll depend a lot on how busy work is and a whole bunch of other things and whether or not I can break free and get up to downtown L.A. It takes a while uh, to get to the quote unquote heart of the city. Um, so, you know, it'll be one of those. If I, I would love to go. I, it's always fun. I always enjoy those. I think it's interesting. Uh, I'm there to cover the event. I'm there to cover if there's a boycott out front, too. Just like I went to Coachella. I was there to cover the event, and I was there to cover anything else that happened at the event, right? These are the things that you're looking for whenever you're going and covering these things. So um, <laughs> Mike, Mike Gray goes, Agree, uh, agreed, be nice to people, especially me. I, Mike, I love you. I love you, Mike. Everybody does. Um, so I'm thinking about going on Thursday. I don't know if I will yet or not. Um, but that means that we might not have a show on Thursday if I go on Thursday. Does is everybody okay with that? I don't I don't know. Well, I'll let you vote in the in the comments. Um, so I'll let you know on social media and Facebook and Discord and everything like that if I decide to go. Then I will, and then there won't be a show. Okay, so uh, just keep that in mind. But that's coming up on Thursday on two sixteen. The Galaxy will play against 
Um, the New York Red Bulls coming up on Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. So that's on uh, February 15th. That is their last game at Coachella. Um, that will wrap everything up. Galaxy won 4-1 against St. Louis, lost 4-1 against Portland. Uh, now they'll go to New York Red Bulls and play that uh, game coming up as well. So that's at 10.30 a.m. Again, there will need to be no streaming. Um, you can expect, I would, I, I would gather, I think Alex uh, Ruiz... Uh, the man, the myth, the legend who I got to hang out with on Sunday um, is going to be at the game on Wednesday. And so you could look for updates from him. I would imagine he would be there. All right. All right. Good. Um, let's see what else we have. I was sort of before we get like full on into Coachella. Um, I want to I want to just make sure we, we've checked all the boxes, at least for now. OK, yes, we have. Let's talk about Coachella Valley Invitational. Uh, I got up about 6.30 on Sunday. Uh, I was in the car by 7.30, headed out, stopped and got McDonald's, always healthy, uh, for a little bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. That's my go-to. Um, and then took off across the desert. Travel time, about an hour and 50 minutes if you didn't have to stop and pee about halfway there. Uh, that was me stopping and peeing halfway there. I did see some Galaxy fans whenever I stopped. I think I was incognito, or people said I was incognito. I was wearing a hat and sunglasses, um, mostly because I, I this this pale white skin burns like crazy in the sun. So I knew I was headed out to the desert. I had the long sleeves uh, because the weather thing said, Indio, what, what, what's the, what's the weather going to be in it? Oh, it's going to be overcast. And then the whole way you're driving there, it's like 43 degrees, 44 degrees, 44, 45 degrees. I'm like, it better warm up by the time I get there. I should have just kept my mouth shut. Um, because it got plenty warm in the desert, as it always does, um, with that sun beating down and all that stuff. So I arrived at the Coachella Valley Invitational. Signage was eh, meh, okay. Um, you know, my instructions were to not turn into the parking lot where they were making everybody turn into. My instructions were to go down to a different entrance and then come in, which, by the way, was like, you know, half a half a stop ahead. It wasn't a big deal, but then it made me come in the backside. And then I watched everybody that I drove past come into the front side. And I was like, well, there was probably no need for that to happen. Um, but I was general parking there. Uh, it was easy for me to get credentialed and all that stuff. So I was I walked in. I walked right through the gates. I mean, low, low stress situation here. There was nothing big there. It wasn't anything like it. First of all, I, I know some of you have been out there. I hope more of you get a chance to go. I understand if you're not going this year, but this is really one of those cool things that you get to do um, whenever you follow a team uh, and not just me. You know, it, it was nice that I could stand on the VIP, VIP side. I will admit I stood on the, the VIP sideline um, that sort of put us over towards the galaxy bench. We wanted to, we could walk behind the galaxy bench. We could sort of move around, but I just stayed on the, on the end line to, to sort of do that. But walking in there, um, way different than last year. Obviously last year there was no people there. Uh, this year there was people there, which is fun. And, and I, I was joking around, you know, I was like, Oh, well, hopefully the fans don't ruin it for me. It was really nice being there by myself. Um, it, it was, it was a lot of fun, but it, it was great. There's plenty of room there. There's plenty of things going on. Um, the only thing I would say, and is, and we took some, some, I think we, we had Carlos, uh, you know, text us or, or he put on his Instagram, um, some different things. I think it was Carlos. Um, and we talked about things they need. They need more places to eat for sure. There's like one main place where you can sort of sit down and at least it's covered, right? So you have that coverage area, but there's so much room for activities there. There's so much room to do more with what they have. Um, and I wonder if, like that has to like they have to grow into that. Um, and I wonder, quite honestly, if the boycott is keeping half the people who would have showed up away. And really, you it could have been a lot more bustling. I mean, there were a lot of people there on on Sunday. Um, 
that being said, you know, you can imagine there being more people. Uh, and it was fun that whenever the Galaxy were done playing, this is just general overthoughts, whenever the Galaxy were done playing, you walked over and like Vancouver and I don't even know who else was playing. I think Vancouver and St. Louis were playing or something like that. Um, and there were people and it was just the one field over like the bleachers are back to back. And so on the other side of the bleachers, you had Galaxy fans who had moved over to watch that game. The potential for Coachella um, is is so big, is so amazingly big that you just want them to do more. And it's almost like, you know, they're going to have to like grow into it and you want them to do that faster than they're probably ready to do. Um, because I think it could be a lot of fun to, to do that. So that's one of those things that it's like the, the, the fields and the atmosphere that you're in are just such a nice place. It's such a gorgeous little venue. Um, and it's not little either. It's Coachella. It's gigantic. There's a huge stage over on one side. You're like, oh, well, that'll be eventually, you know, we were sort of talking amongst the reporters. We're like, what if they had concerts here like right now? What if there was like in between games, there was a concert going on or even when the games are going on, that there's a concert going on and you could go there for music and you could go there for soccer. There's so much potential there. I'm telling you that that makes it like an all day event. Or if you stay all day on Sunday, that there's like a concert that starts at like 3.30 p.m. or something like that in the afternoon when the sun starts going down and that everybody's sort of like, hey, we watched these games. We hung out. We did things like trying to keep people there is sort of one of those things that they need to do. But there needs to be more if you're trying to keep keep some keep people there. Um, you know, I know some galaxy fans went over and watched the other game, which is cool. I know that there were galaxy fans who were staying up in, in, uh, in the Coachella Valley there, um, and were coming to the, all the games. They were there for the whole week and they were just going to as many games as they can. And I got to talk to some wonderful people, um, and just find out sort of what was going on and how, how things were sort of going. And so it was, it was a lot of fun to get that input as well. So I can't speak highly enough about, you know, the Coachella Valley Invitational in terms of what it could be and even what it was. I had a great time. Uh, my job is to be there and watch. I got to watch. It's fun watching from the side of the field. Uh, I was joking around with with Alex and Mike, and I said, you know, whenever you're this close to the field, you remember how unathletic you are uh, and how hard they kick the ball. Uh, and whenever you see those things, it sort of puts everything in perspective. It's like I am not a professional athlete. I could never be a professional athlete. It looks like they hurt each other all the time and I don't want to be there. I mean, and being at at player level, at grass level and watching a game is a completely different experience than being, you know, up above and sitting high in the press box and you can see everything and that type of thing. You remember how hard it is to see through players, see through walls, see through movement, all these things. It's a completely different game. So all the things that are oh my gosh, that guy's wide open is like completely screened and you can't see it. So watching anything at that level, and that's the cool thing about fans is you can go and stand next to or behind the goals. You can stand on the sidelines, um, even though I think that's a flaw in the system. You can stand on the sidelines and watch the game from field level. You can hear the guys yelling at each other. You can hear the referees talking. Um, you can do all these things. It's such a fun experience. So... As far as I'm concerned, the absolute top of the mountain is is the is the heights for the Coachella Valley Invitational. They could do if they had all MLS teams there, if they had 30 MLS teams coming to to the valley and you had 15 games a day or it will never happen. I don't think you're going to get all of them, but even now, what was there 11 or 12 teams that are there this year? It's a lot and it's enough to sort of keep the action going and so you know, it's not a horrible thing. If you get a whole day pass and you can go and you can watch everything, that's not that's not a horrible thing um, at all. So that is that is sort of one of my 
one of my my suggestions is next year. Hopefully, when things are settled and everybody's free of boycott uh, restrictions and everything like that, go out to this because. And I'll tell you right now, spend the money for the VIP. All right. Normally, I'm like, don't spend the money for the VIP. Spend the money for the VIP. Players literally walking right up to you. Um, if you can afford it, you can hang out on that side. You can watch them go to the bus, right? Like you were there with them. And I was joking because I get to talk to players and coaches and that stuff all the time. So it's not like a big deal to me, but you could see how big a deal it was to the people who were there. Um, Logan asking if we can get a Taylor Swift concert, Logan from, from your little fingers typing on the keyboard to, to God's ears, I don't, or God's monitor maybe. Um, however that happens, I'm, I'm all in for it. You know, I'd be there. Um, so anyway, so that's, that's my general thoughts on Coachella Valley Invitational. Really cool. I will tell you this as well. There were a lot of people there and people are going to tell you that maybe there weren't a lot of, there were a lot of people there. The stands were fairly full. Uh, there was one stand section that's VIP. Everything else was, was general admission. Lots of people standing at the fence. Uh, there's lots of people standing at the fence on the South side. I was standing at the fence on the North side, less people, but still almost everybody there. Uh, almost the whole fence line was covered with people. So you could stand right behind the goals. You could do all that. Um, so there's a lot of people there. There was not any signs of um, of a uh, of a boycott going on. That's not true. There was one. I didn't see it, but I saw a picture of it um, of somebody standing there outside of the Coachella Valley Invitational with a client outside. Um, I didn't see it, but, you know, that's some that's some pretty big dedication there in order to get there and, and stand outside for uh, for that time with a with a sign. Right. So totally get it. Really interesting. There is one, and this is going to be a knock, I think, on the LA Galaxy. And it'll be interesting to talk to the Galaxy about this. I did not get a chance to, so I don't want to pretend like... I don't want anybody to think I did. Um, but one fan did have her sunglasses that had Klein out. Um, and she tweeted this out, so I'm not doing anything um, that uh, that she doesn't know about. Um, but uh, this said Klein out on him. Um, and security said, you can't bring those in. And like basically made, him, made her throw them out. Or security threw them out herself. Um, so that's interesting. Um, and that's a little turn on things, right? Is that going to be the same thing that you see whenever you go to the stadium on Saturday? You know, is there going to be a restriction on boycott stuff inside the stadium? And if there is, does that push more people to boycott or less people? Does it move the conversation outside the stands? You know, one of the arguments has, has been from the people boycotting is that, you know, that you can you can do it from outside and you can still be you can be heard basically by your silence inside. Um, and there's lots of people who say, no, you should be able to go in and protest and do all those things. Are the galaxy going to let you do that? Right. And so that's going to be I think that's a story arc for Saturday coming up. Certainly whenever the galaxy um, take on Toronto, I believe um, coming up on, on Saturday at 630 p.m. Is that going to happen inside? Right. Because that sort of is is one of the arguments of people saying, oh, you know, have a sign inside and do your do your talking inside. Well, if they're going to ban all this stuff, then you do you have a choice to go inside? So that's a force more people into the boycott and more people out of the stadium. Super interesting. Again, covering it as news because this is news. Um, these are the things that are going on. And quite honestly, if there's suddenly a shift that you can't do something inside the stadium or you can't have this inside the stadium, um, or around the stadium, or you can't be on property, what happens with that? 
So again, we're, we're all about covering news here. If the LA Galaxy sign players, I'll talk about that. Uh, the LA Galaxy play games, we'll talk about that. Uh, the LA Galaxy want to hire or fire people, we'll cover that. And if there's a boycott going on because fans are upset by the direction of the club, then we're covering that as well. Um, these are news items that we will cover. So anyway, so the, the actual signs of the boycott inside Coachella were not there. You couldn't see, I didn't see anything. Um, I will say this is an observation and an observation alone, uh, organized support. Definitely not there, uh, because there were some people who were trying to, um, trying to get that started. And it went relatively nowhere. So the people who would normally join in on that stuff or the people who would normally lead on that stuff clearly were not there. All right. So plenty of excitement, plenty of oohs and ahs and claps and stuff like that. Well, maybe not like plenty because the Galaxy lost four to one. But there was there was interaction from the fans. And again, uh, if anything, from the videos and the pictures that I've shown so far sort of show you again, there are people there. There are people there. Timbers fans there. There are Galaxy fans there. Uh, it was fun to see the different teams fans coming in and making this a trip. I expect more of that in the next years. Um, it is uh, it's, it's there, there were, there was plenty of noise, plenty of people there. And I wouldn't say that you could tell that there was a lack of attendance, but you did notice sort of a lack of organized. Cause there was some guy who's behind the goal on our side who kept trying to, um, get things going. Uh, and it was, you know, it was, it felt forced. It did not feel organic like it normally does. And there's certainly the people who join on that are, are not there. Um, just being able to stand sidelines, watch people warm up, and certainly the galaxy warming up, always something fun to watch, um, especially whenever they're right. They do it right in front of the, the fans in this particular case. You can be five feet away from the guys as they warm up. You can basically have a conversation with them whenever they do it. Um, so lots of fun stuff that sort of happens there. The galaxy going through all of their warm-ups beforehand. Again, you're right there. You're right next to the field. It's more low-key, which is cool, and it's fun. Um, and so you get to see all the all the things that are going on. Uh, and if you're in the VIP area, you get to dodge uh, soccer balls being launched at you uh, constantly as as the everybody warms up. So as you're trying to get your uh, alcoholic daiquiri in the back there, you have to worry about, you know, uh, Douglas Costa launching one into your lap, um, which is always fun and excitement and exciting and all that fun stuff as well. Um, let's get to the starting lineup for the LA Galaxy in this one. Uh <laughs> Uh, I'm reading, I'm reading chats as we go. Uh, let's get to this, uh, the starting lineup. It was Bond, uh, Leerdam, uh, Caceres, Mavinga, Edwards, Brugman, Puj, Delgado, Costa, which was, I believe his first start of the preseason, uh, Chicharito and Rodriguez, Memo Rodriguez. Okay. This was as close to a starting lineup that I can remember all of preseason. Um, Leerdam currently is the starting right back for the LA Galaxy with Julian Araujo no longer with the club. So he's there on that right hand side. Uh, you had uh, Caceres and Mavinga in the center. Edwards is just starting left back. Edwards is going to get a lot of abuse um, because he was probably involved at least in three of the goals that the LA Galaxy allowed. But I, I will say this, that I watched him and I wasn't necessarily concerned with his performance. It was just one of those things that sort of happened in, in these situations and in these in these ways. Um, Gaston Brugman was there. Ricky Pouge. We're going to talk a little bit about Ricky Pouge. Um, Delgado was certainly playing this. Delgado ended the night by playing it right back for most of the game. Uh, so if you want to know why it went downhill in the second half is you had a midfielder, a holding midfielder playing right back because the LA Galaxy basically don't have any right back depth right now, um, especially with uh, with Julian Araujo gone. So that was something to sort of pay attention to. Memo Rodriguez, though, the dude is 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 making things exciting. 
All right. Um, I'll bring up the lineup as I talk about it. Anyway, um, Jonathan Bond played fine. He had one really big save and that was about it. The other ones, I don't even know that he moved on them because the balls were placed into the corners away from him. I mean, the first goal was basically a pass from uh, Raheem Edwards directly to a Portland Timbers player about eight yards away from goal. And the Portland Timbers player was like, oh, okay, I'll just finish this off and launch it into the net. I mean, there's there's no stopping there. So Bond played fine. No problems there. Uh, Leardam was fine. I didn't have any problems with him. He did end up getting hurt, though. Uh, we saw him limping over to the cold bath uh, that they had. They had an ice bath set up. Uh, so we saw him limping over there at the end of the game and sort of di- dipping his feet and legs in there. Uh, Raheem Edwards got stepped on as well. Uh, so he was over in that general area. So if you're looking at injuries, the big injury, of course, was Chicharito because Chicharito played for about three minutes. Um, and uh, I'd watched him warm up. He looked fine. I watched him in, in warmups. I watched him take shots. I watched him do all that stuff. There was no problems there. Uh, and then literally two to three minutes into the match, all of a sudden we saw Chicharito coming out. And Greg Vanny said afterwards, I don't know if it was the first action of the game or the first move, but he just felt something that was a little tight. Um, and he didn't, he was, he was like, the, you know, Greg said basically at this time of year, we have a, a no, um, you know, a no question sort of policy, which is like, Hey, you felt something you're out, just come out. It's not worth it. Um, this is the preseason. You could get hurt the whole deal. Chicharito. And I'm going to play a video for those of you watching on video. Chicharito was limping coming off the field. Now he limped over and he tried not to limp. He really tried to show that he wasn't limping. Um, but he was limping. Uh, maybe that right hamstring is sort of what he said. And I think Greg was talking about the hamstring. So I think it's the right side. Um, but he he went over at halftime, I think, and signed some autographs. Uh, I signed some more autographs on his way out, uh, taking some pictures and taking time to make sure that they said hi to everybody. And, and he did all the things that he was supposed to do. So Chicha doing that. But I would be concerned right now with 12 days left until the game against LAFC right now. I don't think Chicharito's playing. Uh, that's just that's my guess. We'll see how quickly he he can recover from this. But um, it, it doesn't seem like he, he, he definitely wasn't not injured. Does that make sense? He wasn't not injured. Um, and so, uh, it's, it, it, we'll keep an eye on it. Certainly we'll ask and you'll, you'll pay attention on Wednesday to see if he plays. And then on Saturday to see if he plays, I doubt you're going to see him in either of those. Just, there was enough there that I'm like, no, uh, Raheem Edwards, I think will play. I think Leardam will probably play as well. Uh, he seems okay, but the Galaxy have no depth at right back. So if Leardan can't go, are you going to start Mark Delgado there? Um, because that sort of seems like what you're going to do. Maybe Giassi Zardis can uh, can can come back and play right back. Uh, Dayon Jovalich did then came in and basically got 90 minutes of work uh, in, in relief of Chicharito. He was fine. Jovalich was fine. I didn't think he had any great plays. Uh, he was it played into a couple half spaces. Uh, the Galaxy offense stumbled a lot, and... Certainly, they were more dangerous in that first half. Memo Rodriguez was the most dangerous player on the field in the first half for either team. Uh, he had two or three good shots. Greg Vanny said he was sort of up. He, he thought Memo was maybe upset that he didn't score some. I think we talked to Memo afterwards as well. Great guy. Really like him. Um, really solid. He understands his role. Like there's a lot of guys. And, and Dayon Jovalich is a bad example of this, really. But I'll say like Jovalich is always like, I'm, I need to be the starter. I'm the future. I'm the guy, right? And Memo Rodriguez is like, I am here to help however I can. Uh, and that's not necessarily a negative to, to Dayon. Um, but it's, it's not a negative to Memo whenever he's like, I will play in the middle. I will play on the right. I just want to help this team. And he is. Um, he is playing winger. He is playing that position that you're sort of like, oh, okay. 
Memo Rodriguez can play this position. Not only that, he can play it well. Uh, he created some chances. He had a great shot that looked like it was going in. We saw it from across the field. Uh, but the funny thing was, like the whole time you're like, oh, that's in. It's curling away, curling away. And goalkeeper came up with a great save. Uh, he had a couple other ones that that either got blocked um, or were uh, just a little off target. So he, I think he felt like he should have had some 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 balls uh, that went in the back of the net there. But if you're looking for some of the you know highlights of a four one loss, it's Memo Rodriguez filled the space well, combined well. Memo had the assist on. Tyler Boyd, and we'll talk about Tyler Boyd here in a second, on Tyler Boyd's goal, uh, coming a little more inside, tucking in a little more, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, tucking a little in a little bit more, um, and then finding the through ball, good cross, uh, Tyler Boyd is an answer right now to stretching the field, right, so he's an answer to getting things a little bit deeper, um, you know, being able to open things up a little bit more. He is the answer. He has speed. He's direct. He's quick. He gets, he must have beat the right back, uh, for Portland four or five times in a row. And they would start together and the ball would be playing behind him. You just coast right past him. Um, so Tyler Boyd in an unofficial appearance, really. And we asked Greg Vanny afterwards, cause we actually asked for Tyler Boyd. We said, Hey, well then give us Tyler Boyd being he played in the game. We'll talk to him. Um, and he said, uh, and basically I said, no, we'll have Greg, uh, uh, advise on that and he won't be available. Uh, Tyler boy won't be available. So we knew something was going on with that. <coughs> Greg Vanny basically said this. He said that Tyler Boyd, they're waiting on his ITC. Okay. His international transfer international transfer certificate that has to come from his old club. I have heard Greg Vanny didn't say this. I have heard that there is some holdup either about money that is owed to Tyler Boyd from Basiktas in Turkey or something that is going on there that is not like 100% copacetic. We were told or at least it looked like Tyler Boyd was a free agent and that he would be a free agent. There's a chance that it was a mutually terminated contract with some sort of payout coming from from the Turkish side. Um, and I don't know if they've decided they don't want to pay that or if something's going on, but it, it, something is holding up the ITC. Um, and I believe it has still has to come from them in order to sort of sign off and say yes. And apparently right now they either don't want to do it or something is holding up the ITC. Greg Vanny said he expected that would be cleared up in a couple days and then they would get to officially announce Tyler Boyd. But obviously Tyler Boyd is playing. He's actually playing right now under waivers. All right. So they had to go to FIFA and basically get a waiver and said, we want him to play with us because a preseason game is an official game. Um, and it basically sanctioned under FIFA rules. It's not just a scrimmage it's an official game, even though it's preseason. Um, so they have to get a waiver for him. So he was playing under waivers. He's technically not their player right now. Um, and that needs to get solved in 12 days as well, because I would imagine that Tyler Boyd, if he can get his legs under him and Greg Vanny was talking about how he doesn't have his legs under him, that really he had like one training with everybody and then they got thrown into this game. Uh, and he was the one goal scorer, really nice finish, uh, crossing from left to right. He gets into the box with, uh, memos curling cross sort of on the ground towards him. And, uh, Boyd was able to take that and sort of loop it up over, uh, over, uh, over David Bingham. As a matter of fact, David Bingham, uh, was playing in goal at the time for the Portland Timbers. Uh, didn't play the, the whole second half there actually got, uh, taken out for, I believe last 15 minutes. So, um, 
so Tyler Boyd was was a plus, right? Memo Rodriguez is a plus. You're like, yes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, who else was a plus? Efrain Alvarez, a plus. Driving to the line, not using his right foot. That is what it is. Driving to the line, getting people to commit, cutting back, cutting inside, being patient now whenever he cuts inside. Sometimes it was like, I have to do seven moves and do the whole thing. Um, I am seeing little tiny signs of steps, improvements for Efrain Alvarez if he can do that. Should have had a goal. Should have scored off a free kick. Again, a great save by the goalkeeper on another upper V shot. The Galaxy had two really well-placed shots that were saved. Um, and um, so that's 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 sort of what you're sitting there and I'm looking at. I think those were the pluses. Um, I'm trying to think. Minuses, I thought Jovalich was ineffective. Um, I don't know that the Galaxy played him into a whole bunch of great spots. They didn't stretch the field whenever Boyd wasn't on the field. So Boyd getting those Kevin Cabral breakaways. Um, and sort of, again, just running on the, off that edge, running in behind. Greg Vanny talked about it, spreading the field, spreading the depth of that field, the whole deal. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, Efro's good. I like that. Delgado was fine. Um, Ricky Poosh. Ricky Poosh was good. Ricky Poosh was hammered in this game. He, he wasn't drunk. He was just physically uh, <laughs> abused by the Portland Timbers. Portland had four yellow cards and possibly five yellow cards, and I think four of them were for fouls on Ricky Poosh. Uh, the Galaxy needs somebody to step on. Gaston Brugman finally stepped up. I mean, for a preseason game, this was an overly physical game, and sometimes I blame that on the referees because it's almost like the referees don't want to get involved in a preseason game because they want to let guys play as much as possible, which you should, but you have to protect guys from getting hurt. Um, and so there were there were some, some pushes and some shoves and some handbags at 30 paces and all sorts of fun stuff like that. Um, but Ricky was getting beat up. I mean, two minutes into the, like, it felt like two minutes in the game is probably 20 minutes in the game. You looked at Ricky Pooja's, uh, kit and it's already like grass stains on it all over the place. He's going to get physically attacked in this league. We know that who's going to step up for the LA galaxy to make sure that that doesn't happen. And it's going to be Gaston Brugman. Definitely. Maybe some Mark Delgado in there as well. People are talking about the need for an enforcer. Yes. Um, but, uh, it's I mean, right now it's it's Bergman. I wouldn't want to get in a fight with Gaston Bergman, by the way. He may be small, but yeah, it looks like it hurts whenever he kicks you like it's one of the he's one of those guys. He's a stout guy. Uh, Chris Mavinga could be that. I thought Chris Mavinga was a plus. Uh, everybody's. And again, we talked about Raheem Edwards being like a, ne a, a negative. Right. And I certainly even I in my in my tweets and there's a tweet. It's hard to really say the whole thing of, of what you're seeing. But um, the one mistake in the first half was was a whatever. It's a, yes, it's a brain fart. Yes, it's a malfunction. You don't want to just pass the ball to a Portland Timbers player inside the box and give them a goal. But that changed the game. But it it was also like you could see that maybe he wasn't hundred percent on the same page with Mavinga. Wasn't hundred percent on the same page with with Kosteris and and trying to like make that clearance. And it was tight space. It would have been difficult for him to spin out of that. Um, but he made the wrong pass in that situation. So Raheem was there. Got caught a couple times upfield. I expect that from him. Uh, the recovery there and how that back line recovers needs a lot of work. And Greg Vanny talked a little bit about it. How saying uh, one they got caught on a one was a, def a deflected shot that went in. It was sort of all the goals that went in against St. Louis um, uh, didn't go in for the Galaxy this time, but went in for Portland. It was one of those. One was like a deflected sliding shot, and it was like sort of a ball that looped up and over Jonathan Bond. Um, the other ones were were little end arounds or, or able to get in behind off corners um, or off of or, or off of sharp angles um, and just 
again, the Galaxy having to press forward, it's the same thing. It's like we talked about the Galaxy scoring first and sort of being in that position to then um, hold off games and do their their controlling style possession and all those things. Well, in this game, they got behind. They had to chase. And what happens whenever you chase, you give up goals. I'm not down on Raheem Edwards. I saw how he played. I didn't think it was horrible. There was a couple little things. And there were so many bad preseason passes. You know, the preseason passes are the ones that don't quite get to where they're supposed to be going or aren't in the direction that they were supposed to be. And like all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, you know, it's like <laughs> it's like this is rusty and you, you don't know where you're supposed to go. So you could see that happening to the galaxy in this game. So when the first here's the thing you should take away. When the first team was together, they played extremely well, should have had the lead against Portland should have probably had two or more goals in that first half and didn't. Um, and then tried to play from behind Tyler Boyd's lone goal was good. Um, really enjoyed seeing that. So, you know, that was sort of it again, one, nothing at halftime galaxy give up three goals with, with some modified, um, you know, lineups in that second, in that second half. Um, Jalen Neal came in. What um what can we say about Jalen Neal right now in this preseason that hasn't already been said? I'll say this. One of the fun things that you always get to see is like, do they look the part? Jalen Neal looks the part. Here's a kid um, that uh, shouldn't have nearly as much confidence as he, as he does. Nobody tell him that, by the way. He's he 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 he, he he's he's OK. Uh, he shouldn't have as much confidence today as he does. And he does. He looks it. He walks it. He plays it. Um, again, some of that second half, a little familiarity problems here in the center, there in the center, Delgado playing right back places and positions, not a hundred percent tight in some areas. That's where it sort of leads to, to things. So, uh, if we remember correctly from the charts, Portland had one of the highest returning percentages of starting minutes of any team. And it showed because when they made subs, there was no beats skipped when the galaxy made subs. Yes, they scored, but some things sort of you know, happened. I love how they put Dayan Jovalich as a second half sub. He was subbed in three minutes into the game. Uh, Chase Gasper was fine. People love to pick on Chase Gasper. Plus, his last name is spelled Gasper as G A S P E R. Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna slander Gasper, at least spell his name right. Uh, because I get a lot on Twitter of Gaspar, like he's the uh, he's the paint, right? Valspar, uh, like he's the paint from Home Depot, or is that one from Lowe's? I can never remember. Never remember. Um, Eric Zavaleta got in the game, Adam Saldana, Gino Vivi, Gino Vivi got a yellow card for time wasting or something. I don't know. It was a weird yellow card. It was the only yellow card the galaxy got. Uh, Sega Koulibaly came in, played a little bit. Uh, I don't know about Sega right now. I don't know why he was put in so late. I don't know sort of where his standings are. We'll, we'll keep watching. Uh, Adrian Gonzalez got played again at this point. The, the game was mostly over. It was some, some garbage time stuff. Um, so yeah, there's some, there's some there's some positives. There's some negatives. There's a lot of different things that I think you could take from this uh, whenever you, whenever you watch it. It was preseason. So what does it mean? Um, nobody knows. I don't know. You know, everybody looks at, at somebody like Efrain Alvarez, who you can say is making steps um, to go forward. Uh, and maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. You know, uh, Kevin Cabral had, I think, four or five goals in the preseason last year. Uh, and that didn't translate to anything. You know, Efrain Alvarez has a couple goals in this preseason so far. Does that translate to anything? I don't know. Galaxy need a right back. That's obvious. You could see it in the depth um, that there isn't one. So that's going to be a problem. Uh, there's a rumor out there right now that we can talk about here in a little bit. So that's sort of the, the Coachella thing. Guys got back on the bus. I did hear it took the LA Galaxy forever to get out to Coachella, by the way. Uh, a little LA traffic having some fun on with the buses. I'm sure. I, I wonder what Chicharito does whenever he's stuck on a bus for six hours. 
uh, trying to trying to go 120, 140 miles, probably like 140, 150 from LA, right? It's 120 from down here. Makes some sense. Um, so yeah, that's where uh, that's where it is. Again, I would not freak out about the four one. I would, I just wouldn't. I thought the Galaxy starters played well, um, and not all those guys are going to come off in the way that they came off, and the replacements are coming in. So you know, overall, it was. I think it was fine. Um, Let's get a little bit here and let's see if I can bring it up in its entirety. Um, Being here starts to uh, as, as I hit the wrong button already. Um, but let's let's hear a little bit of what Greg Vady said. We, I asked him about a whole bunch of things, um, but let's get to the one about the LAFC. I asked him, you know, with 13 days left to LAFC, it seems like the team's incomplete. Although whenever I asked it to him, it was so he knew what I was saying. But God, if you listen to the question, should we listen to the question and listen to how horribly worded this is? This is going to be how not to ask questions to Greg Vanny. All right, here, here, here is my question. Then we'll listen to his response. How, how are you guys viewing the beginning of the season? No. And so by nature, that's Hold going on, to start I'm... to heat things up a little bit. Here because we go. You're 13 days away from opening game against LAFC. Yeah. How, how are you guys viewing the beginning of the season, knowing that you saw pieces that are trying to come in and the likelihood of those pieces being here starts to get thinner and thinner as sure, you sort of sure. get there? Yeah, it's, it's actually an interesting uh I don't know if dilemma is the right word, but you have uh, a season where most clubs are you build into the season and you and you still have your pieces and still things and you're still trying to bring guys to maximum 90 minutes fitness because you really don't necessarily have that time. Uh, but then you're also playing potentially in front of 80,000 people against your your rival who just won a championship. So it gives the the start that has a a cup feeling at the very beginning, but neither team is really going to be quite there yet. So it's an interesting. Dilemma. I think our guys feel the uh, the intensity, the passion for that first game, but at the same time, we know you also have to make decisions that are for the long haul. You can't make a decision for the first game of the season, so we have to uh, we have to kind of find that balance inside of that. But in terms of our preparation, the mentality of our group, and what we're setting up for is to be as ready as we possibly can on day one, and uh, but understanding that there's still 33 games after that 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 are just as important as the first one in some ways when it comes to standings and playoffs and all that stuff. All right. So there's Greg Vanny talking about uh, the game coming up now in 12 days. It was 13 days yesterday. Um, you knew this was coming, right? Great. So I, I put this out on Twitter this morning whenever I uh, got a chance to, to sort of wake up and, and shake off the cobwebs and do all that fun stuff after the Super Bowl. Um. You knew this was coming. The Galaxy will not be a complete team come February 25th, whenever they play against LAFC. You saw it as it was coming down this last stretch. I don't know what the Galaxy are waiting for. I don't know if they're if they even have a clear path to it. It's fun because even the Discord, and listen, I'm not going to say that the Discord is as smart as the front office. Sometimes we can be. Certainly, um, but we were discussing this problem is, is okay, so what do you do with, with Ricky Poosh? Do you just move him to the young DP slot right now? Um, that opens up a TAM slot for you, so that way then you could fill in a winger at like max TAM at 1.6. Ricky Poosh goes into the young DP. That allows you to keep three U22 players. Are, are, they, are they constantly moving back and forth between ideas, or do they have a set path involved, or does it depend on the player they can get and when they can get it? It's not straightforward. If it was straightforward, I would tell you what the answer is, and Greg Vanny would tell you what the answer is. I'm actually against making Ricky Pooge a young DP right now. I do like the idea of bringing in a new young DP 
and knowing that you have a dozen at least one you should have two designated player spots open at the end of the year unless some magic extension for costa and chicharito i don't know about again but you should have two designated player spots open you can move ricky into one of those keep your young dp slot there and then get another dp here's the thing ricky to me is a player who is 100 percent a designated player I don't think he needs to be a young designated player. It'd be nice if you put him in that. So maybe that is the answer because he fits into that so well. Maybe you make him a young DP now and that way you can you get the reduced cap relief. You get the three U22s. You can bring in another U22 player in sort of that max TAM, but you have unlimited transfer fees then. So actually you can buy a more expensive player that has more of a transfer fee. Maybe that makes more sense. I'm still kicking it back and forth in my head. I don't know. But the bottom line is I don't know that the Galaxy have that pathway. It doesn't... It, it certainly doesn't seem like it now to to not get too far away from the Coachella game before we before we absolutely do, because we're just about ready um, to do that. I want to at least let you hear what Greg Vanny said about the game against uh, the Portland Timbers. I thought the first half performance was excellent, minus uh, a colossal mistake. Um, but I thought uh, I thought we dominated the game in pretty much every capacity. I don't know that they had a shot other than the one we gave them. I don't think they had four passes on our half of the field. So I thought we were actually very sharp, minus just that final connection uh, in and around the box and the final opportunity to score. Uh, yeah, get a little casual maybe on that play for Raw, and we lose it in front of our goal, and we're down 1-0. Um, second half came out. We make a few subs. I thought we started a, a little slow, a little uh, a little sluggish again, make a mistake on the dribble um, that turns into a transition that we don't manage. And now five minutes in the second half, you're down 2-0 without really even getting yourself into the game. Uh, then I think we, we get back into it at 2-1 uh, and leave ourselves vulnerable in the transition on the corner kick. Uh, which is A, unacceptable, B, we have done zero corner kick stuff so far. That's going to lead into this week, but that's not an, exception, uh, uh, an excuse for leaving ourselves vulnerable on that. But I think as the third goal came at 3-1, and now guys are starting to hit like minutes that they haven't really hit so far, there's the combination of being 3-1, then you're starting to dig a little bit fatigue-wise. Uh, and so the game starts to get a little bit ugly, in my opinion, after that. So, um, But again, I was the takeaways from it, I thought the first 45, we looked fresh. We looked, the ball was moving very quick. Uh, and I thought we, like I said, we thought we had full control of the situation. We just can't have full control of the situation and give a goal away and be on the wrong side of the game. Those are things that have to have to stop. All right, there we go. A little Greg Vanny after the game there. Um, okay, so now back to our little conversation we had it's clear the LA galaxy are incomplete um we're gonna get an update on for Tatu. let's talk about that because this goes into possibly depth and other things although i certainly think this is a stretch uh for Tatu was on a was on uh morning rush in zimbabwe uh they by the way their set setup is great they have as somebody pointed out i think it was sev i don't know if sev is in the in the chat room or not um, sometimes he is, sometimes he is. Seb pointed out, I said, I said, well, it's nice to know that at least our podcast has better graphics and, and like audio, uh, you know, sort of uh, capabilities than, than this particular show. Um, and that's not to knock them down. It's just, it was just one of those things where you're sitting there and like, it's, it's very much, uh, most podcasts nowadays have, have better switching from cameras and, and that type of thing. Um, so I think it'd do it, but they did have an intersection in the back that you could watch cars come down through and it looked like cars were going to hit each other. It was fun to, uh, to sort of watch, 
right? So anyway, Farai Mutatu on that said he is an LA Galaxy player. They introduced him as an LA Galaxy player, and he said something to the effect that he is planning on playing this year, um, and hopefully that'll be very soon. Um, and so that is the most confident I have heard anybody talk about Farai Mutatu's situation ever. I tweeted out that there's no official announcement from the LA Galaxy on his status in terms of what it was, and... Damian Calhoun rightfully came back and said, hey, Greg said last week that, you know, basically he didn't have an update, uh, that the process, the process was still processing. OK, um, so that's what it is. But Mutatu is a striker. He's a winger. He's a guy who can play both. But he's also a guy who basically hasn't played competitive minutes for over a year now. Um, and so you're asking a lot for him to come in. One, he takes up an international slot Two, um, I And at the time, I don't think he did because we assumed that he was here on a green card. If that is still the case, there's a possibility maybe he doesn't take an international slot. That'll be an interesting one to see. Um, but if he comes back, I don't know. I, I think you have to have your expectations super, super low. Um, that being said, the interview certainly seemed to indicate that he was he was headed in the direction of the LA Galaxy here sooner rather than later. And I hope that's the case. Um, so really fun interview. It I tweeted it out. If you go and look for it, you can find the uh, the the YouTube link to that. And it's a good little 12 minute interview. It's fun. It's fun to watch and it's fun to see him talking about it. And it's some fun to see him be the ambassador for the LA Galaxy in Zimbabwe. And the, obviously these guys are talking about like Zlatan are talking about David Beckham. And here's Farai, like, you know, one of their one of their uh, home sons who's sort of there. And he's like, oh, you get to you. You know, he's like Chicharito. I was playing. Oh, and they're like, oh, yes, Chicharito, Man United, Chicharito. Like it was just fun to see them connect the dots on sort of in a morning show format. So a lot of fun uh, to sort of watch that go. You can go check that out on my uh, Twitter account there and I'll tweet out the thing. So um, so again, keep that. But that is depth. If he comes back, um, that is something he can play winger. Um, and the galaxy sort of, you know, adding up on those depth pieces. Memo Rodriguez, a depth piece in terms of right, right wing uh, and, and midfield. You can play in the middle as well. He w- could very well be your, like your starter right now. I don't know if you can ask Tyler Boyd to start with the limited amount of time he has left to sort of get up to speed and to join the team. And all of his paperwork still has to be here. And it's not here. Uh, if you think that they, oh, for sure, they're going to get it done in the next 12 days. Just wait because so far that hasn't been the case. Okay. So that's something. So so for Imatatu possibly coming back, is that a, a a real depth piece? No, it's right now it's an unknown depth piece, but that's something there. The whole reason I'm saying this is that the rumors we're starting to see from the LA Galaxy are right back in nature. They need a replacement for Julian Araujo. Galaxy are not going to wait to do that. This seemed like one actually one of their more pressing needs right now is a right back um, because Leardam got stomped on or got hurt in this game. You have no realistic backup for Lear Dam at the right back right now. And Delgado ends up playing that. So what if you're talking about anything, the galaxy at least have guys they can put in winger positions. I'm not saying it's perfect. Oh, talk about a plus Douglas Costa actually played pretty well. Some good movements, some good take on some good things. Talk to Kevin Hartman about it a little bit. He was like, he's like, he's like, he's feeling a little bit so far. You could tell that was some of his first action in the preseason as well. Douglas Costa. So, um, you know, yes, he's not a true winger, but, you know, Memo Rodriguez, I guess we'll play that. Uh, Tyler Boyd, I guess we'll play that. And so you have you at least have bodies in there. The right back issue is a real issue. And there was a rumor that came out today um, from Fluminense. Uh, this one is in Brazil, right? And so apparently the LA Galaxy put out a a feeler on 20 year old uh, Caligari or is it Caligari Caligari? Uh, Caligari. Um, however you want to say it, but it's a single name Brazilian guy. 
Um, so everybody loves that, right? So 20 years old, February 27th is his birthday. So soon be 21. You're talking about a U22 signing here, which means maximum salary of 1.65 and some change and unlimited transfer fees. So the Galaxy can afford to pay as much in a transfer fee as Fluminense wants. The Galaxy apparently offered a one-year loan um, with an option to buy at the end of that. And Fluminense said, ha ha, no. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I will read this as a direct translation from Google Translate. The Americans wanted the player on a one-year loan with an option to buy at the end of the contract, which did not arouse the interest of the directors. Gotta love Google Translate. Keeps everybody up, I'm sure. Um, super young kid. Doesn't have a lot of stats out there. Fluminense is high on him in terms of uh, in terms of what he could do. And apparently there are lots of people who are looking at him and have had some interest in them, at least according to some reports. I don't know. I don't watch Brazilian League and this guy isn't playing really at the top flight in Fluminense yet either. But he has a lot of promise and there's a lot of people who are interested in him. All right. Um, so that is, um, that's something to sort of watch here as it goes. He's a right back. He's a U 22 player. If the LA galaxy are going after him and we assume it's a U 22 player. Okay. Then we know that the galaxy are probably targeting a young DP in the winger position of some sort, or they're moving Ricky Pooch up to a young DP and filling in with Tam on something else, right? There's flexibility there, but if they're going after this player, like the reports indicate, U22, then that means Dayan Jovalich, U22, Efrain Alvarez, U22, and then Caligiri. Uh, I, I really want to say Caligiri. Uh, Cal Caligiri, uh, Lucas Felipe Calig Caligari. Um, if they go after him, this would be the third U22, which indicates they either keep the second DP D or the third DP slot open or they go with a young DP. Okay, so watch as they fill this. It may tip their hat on what they're trying to do. I still think they're going with for a winger. Now, it could be a young DP winger to sort of replace Kevin Cabral. Then I kind of like the depth that's going. You've got Costa, you got Tyler Boyd, you got Memo Rodriguez, and you got this young DP who's a winger who should be your starter. Okay, keep an eye on this rumor. I think this one has real legs. I haven't... It's just the, the way that it is being reported and, and sort of talked about it seems more realistic than some of the other ones that have come about. So watch this very closely. All right. Uh, I wanted to get to a super chat from Gary, $5 super chat from Gary. Thank you, Gary. Certainly appreciate that. Uh, e super $20 super chat. Thank you. E super. Uh, he says, uh, putting that towards the Mutatu coyote fund. Yeah. To try to get him over. Understood. Uh, Patrick $10 super chat. Thank you. Uh, and, and Patrick goes that 10 bucks is also for the coyote. Okay, good. Um, I'm glad everybody's trying to figure out <laughs> legal and lawful ways to get Farai Mutatu in as quickly as possible because the galaxy need the depth. Um, you certainly understand that. So those are the rumors that were sort of sitting there at this point. That one seems realistic. Um, the current market value of $5 million is well within the budget for the LA galaxy to spend. Remember, I think they spent $6 million on, on Kevin Cabral. I know I don't like to bring that up all the time because you guys all get mad at me, but um, I think it was around that uh, for the transfer fee. So the five million in current market value, even if that's like seven million, uh, I believe the LA Galaxy would, you know, could could do some of that. Again, unlimited transfer fee for a U22 player, uh, maximum salary of one point six five million dollars. You can actually afford to pay him a lot of money. I wouldn't be surprised if that's more money than he would be making at uh, at Fluminense. All right, that is your rumor update for now. Um, one last thing I wanted to cover, and this is from Paul Tenorio of The Athletic. 
Paul Tenorio said uh, that he asked MLS if LA Galaxy president Chris Klein, currently suspended from sporting duties for violating MLS rules, is still on product strategy committee, which sets MLS rules. Committee meets this week. The answer from MLS, MLS does not comment on who is or who is not on committees. Just remember um, that in this particular case, it would be the rules committee that does make up rules and you would have somebody who broke the rules who was part of that committee. It does seem like a conflict of interest whenever you talk about it. He's also suspended for making sporting decisions. It would be interesting to see him meet on that committee as well. One of the things the rules committee is probably getting ready to meet and talk about is that summer intra league transfer window or transfer system that allows players to be traded for money between teams in major league soccer. I would imagine that that is also a conflict of interest for him, but it's probably a conflict of interest from everybody uh, because the galaxy would stand to benefit from that probably more than anybody this summer because the only uh, amount of business that they would be doing um, would be over that summer. And if you want to put your conspiracy hats on MLS knew the whole time that they were going to approve this intra league transfer system. Um, and that, that would then, you know, the big galaxy wouldn't be hurt as bad by the summer transfer ban. Maybe that's what they had planned along the whole time. But, uh, just in case you wanted to see, is it just the LA galaxy who don't like to talk about Chris Klein? Apparently MLS also doesn't like to talk about Chris Klein. So, Really interesting um, that, you know, everybody's sort of getting at this. And it was a great ask by Paul. And I love Paul. Paul's a great reporter. Um, so that's what we got going there. All right. LA Galaxy lose 4-1. We talked about that. Uh, we talked about the pluses. We talked about the minuses. Again, the, the one plus I sort of left off there was Douglas Costa. And I remembered him at the end. Uh, he's a he, he played well, which is a good sign for the LA Galaxy. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worried about him right now. Um, and that could mean something you know, for the LA Galaxy in, the, in that starting lineup. Starting lineup's good. The the things we talked about against LAFC, Greg Vanny did not say, and somebody got mad because I said, you know, I basically asked him, you have an incomplete team. Um, how are you going to view this game against LAFC whenever you know your team's incomplete? And he basically said, I'm not going to make a decision just for one game, but we know that it's a big game and that our guys will be up for it. But that's fine. But you, <laughs> you know, it's going to be similar to LAFC, but they're also coming off a championship um, I know Andrew, who's uh, who's been in our chat room, who's been in our Discord a lot, and who used to write for this and help me do a whole bunch of stuff on this podcast. Got to see him out there. He stayed and watched, I think, the LAFC game um, later that day, um, and said that they looked well, way more put together than than the LA Galaxy at this point. I trust Andrew and what he sees. Um, whenever that happens, all right. So here we go. This is it. Uh, LA Galaxy and LAFC 12 days away. Galaxy still missing a right back. Galaxy missing a at least one winger. Um, and we sort of have to see. They, they really need that right back. It's probably the biggest position in need right now, especially if Lear Dam's hurt. Um, we don't know the the seriousness of his particular injury. Raheem Edwards seems like he'd be okay. I think Lear Dam's going to be okay. Chicharito is the one that you're sort of worried about, but there at least is cover there when you got Jovalich. But I'd like to see Jovalich sort of uh, kicking into gear in these last couple of games, especially if you see him and not Chicharito leading up to the game against LAFC. Uh, game on Wednesday against New York Red Bulls. That game's at 10.30 a.m. out at Coachella. And then Saturday, LA Galaxy versus Toronto FC at Dignity Health Sports Park. That game is, I believe it's 6.30 p.m. is this kickoff. Um, and then uh, Thursday is the jersey release on 216. So a lot of Galaxy events. Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. Uh, Thursday, 216. Uh, doors open at 6 p.m. Uh, at the Million Dollar Theater for the jersey unveil. I'll let you guys know if I'm going to be there and if there's no show on Thursday night. 
Um, I think that's it. Paolo uh, Rudisil, by the way, a LA Galaxy Academy player, uh, got the start and a goal today in the U17 Championships in the CONCACAF U17 Championships. Um, just sort of keeping an eye on him. Alex has been doing a great job retweeting that stuff and doing all the things. So, uh, yeah, that's where you're at. The LA Galaxy 12 days away from uh, kicking off the whole season with a li- with a roster that is, uh, could we call it like 75% complete? Do you think that's giving too much? Um, I say it's 75 because if you get two pieces, but they need two starting pieces really in my mind. So that seems like that's a lot. So maybe like 80% complete, um, but they're getting ready to kick off one of the biggest games in all of major league soccer history because it's the debut of Apple TV. It's the day. De- it's the first time the LA galaxy have played, I think a league game uh, at the Rose bowl in, has it been since they, they last left in the two thousands? Uh, it might be cause I don't remember any other ones. There's always been friendlies and some other things, but, but a league game, one that actually counts, um, at the Rose Bowl, uh, it's about home field advantage or, you know, it's that home field. It's supposed to be home field advantage. There's the boycott going on. You know, are they going to let signs in the stadium? There's there's a lot of stuff that's going on with the LA Galaxy. A lot of things to talk about. And uh, we'll be here to do it. Maybe just not on Thursday. Maybe I'll see everybody out at the uh, Jersey unveiling. I'm sort of leaning in that direction. All right. All right. Very good. I hope everybody has a wonderful rest of the week. It was really nice seeing some of you out at, at Coachella. Hope to see some of you out there on Saturday, possibly on Thursday as well. Um, so I think that about does it for me. Do you guys have anything else for me? No, I'm not even asking anymore. I would remind you again that we do have t-shirts for sale right now. $25 is your starting point. Uh, they will, there's tax on that and shipping and that type of thing. Um, so go check it out. COG 1000 shows, uh, has a nice little uh, graphic on there and a nice little corner flag that's in corner of the galaxy and it has the, the dates 2009 to 2023. We'd really appreciate your support on that. Huge help to us whenever you do that. It helps us keep the lights on, all that fun stuff. Maybe there's some other uh, uh, T-shirts coming out here soon, too, as well. All right? All right. I hope everyone has a great rest of the week. I know it's Monday. Uh, I hope your Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, Sunday are wonderful, and it doesn't rain too much over the next couple of days. All right. I think that about does it. Uh, let's uh, let's hit that button, and I'll, I'll start uh, getting out here. You've been listening to... Nope, that's not the right button. See what happens when I do a show by myself? I have a lot of buttons. Let's see. What does this button do? Oh, no, it's not that button either. Um, what's this button do? Welcome to Panda and Pato's nope. Morning Zoo. Pato. 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 And Panda. Panda. In the morning. Panda and Pato in the morning. Nope. Nope. That wasn't the right button either. There it is. All right. If you're looking for me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast, cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's where you can find all of our wonderful podcasts and any of the stuff we decide to write up. We'll be right there, cornerofthegalaxy.com. Check out pandalatimes.com. And of course, at kbaxter11, whenever he finally makes it back from the airport, picking up Mrs. Panda. All right. That does it. Everybody have a great week. We will catch back up to you either later this Thursday or we'll catch you next Monday after all the fun festivities. All right. For Kevin, the Panda Baxter, who is not here, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody. <laughs>